Welcome to the Build My Online Store podcast, where we discuss everything and anything about running an online store. If you like the podcast, sign up for the mailing list to get news and updates at buildmyonlinestore.com. And now, here's your host, Terry Lynn. Welcome to episode 64 of the Build My Online Store podcast. I'm your host, Terry. And this week, I got Ophelia Lachat, marketing head over at Flippa.com, where they are the world's largest marketplace for buying and selling websites. And so in this episode, we're going to talk about the process of buying a website, uh, what happens behind the scenes, how to determine if a buyer or seller is legit, uh, and some tips on valuing websites and coming up with a fair price. And finally, some tips on selling your own website in the future. And so the blog post to check out this week is called Seven Facebook Changes That Affect Your Business over at amyporterfield.com. And so on her podcast, uh, I think it's called Online Marketing Made Easy. Uh, she has a new episode that talks about the algorithm changes to Facebook, uh, kind of how the news feed, uh, it displays what it displays now. There's some kind of uh, technical things that have been changed. And so how hashtags work and kind of some tips on holding contests uh, with kind of all these ongoing Facebook changes. So a pretty cool thing. So I don't really use Facebook that much myself in terms of as a promotion, but you know, it's just good to you know kind of keep in touch with what happens uh, here and there. So yeah, at least know when you do uh, what to expect. So definitely check it out. Uh, I'll link to it in the show notes. And so some news and updates before we start. I got some new samples for the Bala Leather uh, product lines uh, made just this past week. So I'll link up a photo also uh, on the Facebook page if you want to check it out. So I know I've been a little bit quiet lately on that, and I was getting some stuff made. Uh, it took actually longer than I thought it would, and it's kind of one thing I realized that manufacturing stuff does take a lot of time and so kind of maybe for someone who wants to just get into e-commerce it may not be for everyone but I mean if you think about it on the flip side it does give you an advantage because everything is under your control uh, kind of you have something that's uh, could be differentiated from something like a model or drop shipping where kind of everyone can sell your product it's kind of a little more commoditized but you know there's finding the value add is a kind of more challenging too so uh, I do talk about this more in part three of the blog post how I made a product in China soon uh, it should be out in the next week or so so I'll let you know on the email list uh, when it's out and this week we also got a shout out over on the voicemail line uh, on the website if you actually want to leave one you can go to the right hand side there's a picture of uh, leave me a message with the iPad you can click that and leave a message for the show so this week's comes from JP over at Top Condoms Canada in China Business Cast uh, he was on the show earlier in episode 5 and so he's got a podcast now that talks about doing business in China so if you're looking to get products made uh, sourcing finding suppliers and you want to just hear from people that are on the ground actually doing the work uh, definitely check out his podcast it's at chinabusinesscast.com I'll link to it in the show notes too so let's hear what JP has to say Hey Terry, it's JP here from episode 5 of the Build My Online Store podcast. Just wanted to dial in and give you a shout out. Congratulations on quitting your job and starting your entrepreneurial journey. I'm super excited for you. Also, a quick plug, Terry recently did an interview over at ChinaBusinessCast.com where he talked about the entire process of sourcing his product remotely. There's some great tips and nuggets of wisdom there, so check it out. Cheers, Terry, and all the best. Awesome, sweet. So if you guys have any questions, comments, uh, feedback, you can let me know, Terry at BillMyOnlineStore.com or just through any social media channels, at it's me, Terry Lin, or on the Facebook page. Uh, I'm always there, so just let me know. All right, thanks for taking the time to tune into this episode. Uh, let's just get into it.
All right, so this week we're going to talk about buying and selling websites with Ophili over at Flippa. So, uh, Ophili, for those of us who may not know you, uh, who are you and what do you do? Yeah, so my name is Ophili. I uh, run marketing at Flippa. Flippa is a marketplace for buying and selling websites. So it started about four and a half years ago now. It started out as part of a bigger website called SlitePoint. And SlitePoint was, among other things, uh, a group of very, very active forums for web developers and, and people interested in, in making the internet, basically. An interesting thing started happening on SitePoint where people would have a website that they've developed that was maybe earning a little bit of money and were interested in selling it the same way that you would sell um, a kitchen table or a car or whatever other other property you have. And so people would say, well, I have this site, not interested in, in owning it anymore. Um, who wants to give me a couple hundred for it? Who wants to give me a couple thousand? And that ended up evolving into auctions. And that got spun out in 2009 as Flippa, as a standalone website marketplace for buying and selling websites. Is it fair to call you guys kind of like the Amazon for buying and selling websites? We're a little bit more on the eBay side. So if, if you're talking about buying and selling a website, usually the vast, vast majority of our sales happen through auctions uh, as opposed to, to the store model that Amazon relies on. Nice. So if I'm selling a site, I can say, hey, I want $1,000 for it or as much as people want to bid for within a time frame. That's exactly how it works. Yep. And so what was the industry like kind of like five, 10 years ago before you had these platforms? Is it just people going privately or how did that work out? Well, people have always bought and sold businesses. So this isn't any different from that. Um, an interesting thing about Flippa is that the majority of the sites that we sell are actually businesses. Uh, they might not make heaps of money, but they'll make a little bit. And, and that's something that people tend to forget about. Uh, people have always bought and sold those businesses. And so 10 years ago, it wasn't so much web properties because honestly, even, even in 2003, it was relatively very early up for the web. But people were buying them of all places on eBay. The thing about buying on a non-specific marketplace is that you don't get the search refinements. You don't get the offering of, of many websites at once. I think we have about 1,400 websites set for sale at once right now. So that means that if you're looking for a very specific kind of site, you can find it. That really wasn't avail available 10 years ago. Five years ago is about when Flippa started on SitePoint. And um, we became very popular very quickly because we were the first ones to do to do this on such a scale. Um, there were other companies before that were offering websites to buy and sell, but we had a massive audience of people who were already building websites. And those were the people on SitePoint. Uh, and they've followed us across and we've gained just huge membership in the last four or five years. Gotcha. And what would be the breakdown of sites on Flippa in terms of like, say, AdSense sites, e-commerce sites, you know, blogs or? Yeah, well, there's, there's a fair amount of overlap, of course, because more and more we're seeing things like um, blogs with a affiliate links. It's not your traditional affiliate website, but it's it's also not just a blog. It's it's making a fair amount of money. And we're also seeing a lot of uh, affiliate sites that also have ads. And we're seeing e-commerce sites that sort of blend uh, traditional e-commerce dropshipping and affiliates. So there's a lot of overlap there. It's kind of difficult to give you a perfect breakdown, but you did ask me this morning uh, the percentage of e-commerce sites. So I had a quick look and right now we're looking at about 28% of the sites listed on Flippa have at least a, an e-commerce component. Gotcha. And this could be either drop shipping or they're selling mm -hmm. their own products yeah. or a remix yeah. of a reselling type of thing. Yeah, absolutely. 28 is kind of, I thought it would be like a lot lower because I think like selling an AdSense site versus an e-commerce site, the, the process is a lot more simpler, I would say. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. And 
remember of those 28%, I'd say a fair amount of those also have ads, uh, usually through AdSense. Selling an AdSense site and, and really buying an AdSense site tends to be easier for one reason. Uh, we Because Google has, has the information on the AdSense websites and they make that available to us. So we have a product called Verified AdSense. When you look at a website for sale, the, the seller can verify their AdSense earnings. And that's a, pro- a process that bypasses the seller. So we go directly in their AdSense account with their permission and take that data. And it's not manipulated in, in any way uh, in the meantime. And so that gives buyers a, a lot more confidence. Uh, that's not something we can do right now with e-commerce, unfortunately. So the due diligence aspects of researching the site that you're going to buy uh, is a little bit more more time intensive. Yeah, because I guess there is like e-commerce tracking and analytics, but knowing if they actually sent the products, how the bank account looks like on the other end, it's like it's kind of out of your hands too. Right? Yeah, well, what, what's the refund rate for one? So there's there is fraud happening with that, uh, and I wrote an article recently on exactly that. A few years ago, we were talking about PayPal eCheck. Being uh, being a type of fraud, and I'm sure that people with e-commerce sites remember that uh, when people didn't really know any better. That's unfortunately still something that happens, and chargebacks, credit card chargebacks, even PayPal chargebacks, um, is a newer phenomenon that we're really, really seeing. So that's the kind of thing that it's important to research before placing a bid on a site. Mm-hmm. So what was the story with PayPal eCheck? Because I don't really know that story myself. Yeah, so uh, PayPal has two offerings, well, three really. So you can either pay with a, a credit card, uh, or you can pay, well, four, let's say. <laughs> so you can pay with a credit card. Uh, you can pay from your bank account, where it, it just um, takes the money from your, your account. You can pay with money in your PayPal account, so PayPal funds. And then there's a fourth product called PayPal eCheck, which behaves a lot like a paper check, uh, which we still use a fair amount in Canada, and I know your, your U.S. listeners will be familiar with paper checks. Um, and in Australia, we don't use them at all anymore. So it's a little bit surprising to hear that they still um, they still exist. PayPal eCheck is a little bit like a paper check in that it takes a few days to clear and the buyer can cancel the transaction at any time before the funds clear. So what was happening was, and this is across all types of commerce on the internet, it's really not, it was not unique to Flippa at all. Um, people would place a bid, they would send a PayPal eCheck as payment take ownership of the website and then decide to uh, cancel the transaction and then disappear. So that's something that we warn our users against. We really advise everyone not to use e-checks. And that's that's something that we're proud to say has really gone down in recent years as people are more aware of payment methods, of being safe on the internet, of transacting online and exchanging money. Um, We're seeing rates of fraud really go down. Yeah, like it said, like Western Union is something looked down upon too, right? Because it's because it's just a wire transfer in cash and yeah, absolutely. And and it's not necessarily small amounts. I mean, and, and the average site on Flip, the median sale is about a thousand dollars. And so yes, we do have the the low end sites, which will go for one to two hundred, and then we have the very high end sales, which will often go into um into the six figures. But that middle spot is a couple thousand, and I don't think anybody is happy with losing a few thousand dollars to fraud in any case. Yeah. So if you know if these sellers are having profitable sites, you know why are they selling them on Flippa? Did they just not want it anymore, or why would they put it up for sale? 
That's a good question, especially when you think of uh, what people are talking about in terms of um, a very low maintenance, passive income, all of that. One of our writers for the Flippa blog recently emailed me and he's saying, uh, well, you know, passive income is not really passive when you're spending 90 hours a week running your ads and writing content and, and ranking for keywords. That's not really what I'd call passive income. And it's true. So a lot of the times you have to look at the time that's involved in running a site and somebody who has several websites may not want to keep all of them at once. Uh, it gets time intensive, even if you decide to outsource part of the work. A lot of the time, that's what we're seeing. Sometimes it's a matter, it's a way to leverage your investment and you sell off one of your websites, you gain a lot of, of capital, of cash, and then you can roll that into a bigger website purchase or a bigger business purchase. We're seeing that quite a lot. And it, I'd have to say it's one of the number one questions that people ask us. Um, well, if, if this site is running so well, why would somebody sell it? You have to think of it as, as a portfolio. Uh, sometimes you've just reached the maximum that you're going to do with a site. You've reached the top of your knowledge. You've reached the, the, the top of your skills. And you either need to bring somebody else in or you need to just get rid of it and get your investment money back. Yeah, I guess like if you put it in a perspective where say if you have a, you know, you have a bunch of websites that are making a million dollars, but then you have one website that's making like 500, it's not worth your time to exactly. invest in it too. So. Exactly. Very cool. And so how does the fee structure at Flippa generally work? Because I know like kind of like buying a house, you have like the buyer and the seller, they might pay a fee. Sometimes it might just be the buyer. Sometimes it might be the seller. Like how does that work out uh, online? Yeah. So the way that our fees work is that there is a, uh, there's a $29 listing fee. And people have asked us about that. Why don't you just have a success fee? It's a good question. To be honest, so right now we have 1,400 listings at once. We've gone up to about 2,000 listings. And what we find is when it's very, very easy to list a website and when the fees are very, very low, people tend to list all kinds of websites that might not necessarily have that high enough quality to find a buyer. We would rather have people list a site that they think is worth at least that $29 investment to put it up on Flippa and they know that they'll make back their fee. So it's $29 to list. Uh, we also have several upgrades depending on your site just to make it more visible, to make it uh, easier for buyers to find your site. And then there's a 5% success fee uh, that's capped at $2,000. Yeah, it makes sense because I think if you just let people list for free, they just have all these spammy sites that are like, <laughs> like I'll just make 10 sites right now and I'll list them on Flippa and if I sell them for 100, hey, why not, right? We do have a less expensive offering for, uh, for what we call new sites or startup sites. And usually these are, um, there'll be a domain name and a, a WordPress template and somebody's done the work to set up the, the WordPress site and get some hosting for it. Um, and those usually sell under $200. So it's $9, $9 to list and then there's a 15% success fee. So it makes sense to use that offering if you think your site is going to sell for $200 or less. Um, and the thing to remember about sites like this is that everybody ha is looking for something different. Uh, if you or I wanted to set up an online store, for example. Uh, certainly you would know all about getting that ready. And I'd, I'd absolutely be able to set up a WordPress site and find my own hosting and buy a domain name and get e-commerce set up. But you have to remember, not everybody has those skills. And so for a lot of people, it actually makes sense to spend those $200 and get a website that's already set up, that already has a domain name and already has a template. Yeah, instead of spending, you know, who knows, a month or two trying to figure out all this stuff. Absolutely. Or outsourcing. You could easily spend way more than that amount of money uh, outsourcing your site and without, without even doing the niche research and the keywords and finding the domain name. So for some people, it's a great investment. Others are looking more in the, uh, the 
low four figures, middle five figures for their websites. So up to, you know, 10, 15, $20,000 for for an established business that's already making a lot of revenue. And then again, you have the really high end where it's really an established business. So different kinds of buyers. Yeah. So for a website that's like, you know, four figures, five figures, how did they come up with this number? Like, because as a buyer, you just see all these websites of different prices, but how do they come up with this target of what they're trying to sell for? Yeah, so valuation is a really interesting part of the market. Um, my background is in, before I came to Flipa, I was in journalism, but I also studied economics before that. And uh, and I've always been really, really interested in the way people decide on those prices and, and how they, um, they settle on that. To be honest, the way it generally works on Flipa is that it's a multiple of monthly revenue. And this is especially true for e-commerce sites. So if you have a website that's earning um, a couple hundred, maybe up to a thousand a month, you're going to be looking at 10 to 20 months revenue, depending on how old the site is, um, how well you can prove your earnings, what the niche is. Is it a growing market or a waning market? Um, All these different aspects come into it. So for people who are just starting to buy and sell websites, it makes sense to start small. I would say start at maybe under $1,000 and get a feel for the market first. Look at what's selling already on Flippa. We have a page. Uh, if you go to flippa.com slash just sold, you get to see all the sites that have sold recently and have a look at those. How did the bidder come to that valuation? Well, sometimes they look at the monthly revenue. Sometimes it's a really, really great domain or the website itself has a really good um, a really good base, some really good technology or design behind it. Yeah, and sometimes you have different niches where I think fashion, something like the fashion world versus say like a B2B industrial equipment. You know, the, obviously they would have different metrics there too. Absolutely, we also keep track of which niches are doing best. The last time we, we ran this kind of report, sports and health were both doing really great. Sports specifically, you're looking at uh, anything that has to do with the sports team. So anyone that you know follows football or here in Australia, we follow Aussie rules football, so AFL. Anything that has to do with team sport is a winner. Uh, same thing for health. And I think this is across, this isn't just uh, on Flippa. It makes sense as well for, for e-commerce sites. Uh, it makes sense for retail. Everywhere you're seeing aging population, more interest in prescription medication and healthy living. Those sites are, are some of our top earners on Flippa. You're saying um, the typical site goes for 10 to 12 times monthly. Is that just in general or like? So it's usually, it's between 10 to 20. So again, it really depends. AdSense sites tend to go a little bit lower. Uh, part of it is because AdSense changes so rapidly. And usually the sites that are doing really, really great with AdSense, um, it's for short periods of time. Over time, it tends to even out. Another factor that that changes that is how old the site is. For brand new sites, you can see a site that's you know maybe maybe six months old and is making heaps of money, but that's because they have a special offer or they have a really, really good email list that they're hitting up once a week. And that list is going to get stale very, very quickly. Anyone who runs e-commerce and has an email list is really familiar with this. You have to protect your list and you have to make sure you're not abusing it. So any site that's quite young and is making that high revenue, there's a risk involved and the buyers might not want to spend too much money on that site. I see. So would you say the best way to check this multiple is to say, look at something that just sold and then you 
kind of reverse engineer their monthly revenue, what they've told you, and you can kind of get a more accurate idea than to just generalize. Right? It's, it's a research tool. So the same way that if you're getting into the stock market, uh, you'll probably spend a few weeks before just looking at, at daily returns and, and how the market's doing. And you might have a, a fake portfolio that you're following, uh, just pretending that you're investing money in these different, these different companies. It's similar to that. So you'd want to do research about the market in general. So looking at sites that have just sold, see what's on the market, what are people bidding on right now? Uh, and then you'd want to find a site that matches your interests and your skills. Uh, I personally am not going to go and buy a sports website uh, or a car website because th- those aren't my interests. Uh, but I might, we were talking about healthy living websites, that's something I might look at, or marketing, that's something I'm, I'm also very interested in, and I have the skills to run that kind of a website. So then you get into that more specific research. Uh, we have a really, really good advanced search tool where you can set up searches for different criteria, different keywords, different niches. Um, you can only look at sites that make a certain amount of revenue, sites that have page rank, Uh, sites that are e-commerce or affiliate or AdSense driven. And then you build this list and we can email that list to you every morning. So once a day you get a digest of all the new auctions that are up that match your criteria. And from there you narrow in on one specific site or a few specific sites that you're interested in. And then there's the due diligence aspect of looking at the site, uh, validating the seller's claims, seeing if if it's something you're comfortable investing in, seeing if the seller is somebody that you're comfortable transacting with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think our friends uh, Justin and Joe over at Empire Flipper were saying, I think they do like a Google Maps check of the guy or they do like a (laughs) Whois search, just to see if he's a real person and if they have a Facebook profile, right? Absolutely. So so Justin and Joe are clever and they've made made a lot of their money in in that kind of thing. Uh, And they're certainly, they write for the Flippa blog actually and some of the stuff they've done on transacting and checking out the other person uh, is very, very true. You only want to transact with people that you would do business with in the real world. Sometimes that means uh, you want to make sure they have a Facebook profile, are they active on Twitter. I personally always ask for a LinkedIn profile because it's it's that real world thing. Broadly, broadly speaking, it's harder to fake a LinkedIn profile that has a lot of people on it that are recommending you, that have activities and, and actions and old companies um, all listed there. So I like to take a look at the LinkedIn profile. Uh, I also like to talk to the the seller in person or over Skype. And is that pretty common to talk over the phone with the seller? Uh, pretty, are they, most of them are pretty accessible? Yeah, absolutely. And the higher the price, the more accessible the seller should be. Uh, this And this is true for everything, you know, whether you're buying uh, real estate or goods or, or anything, really. For a couple hundred dollars, it might not be worth your time talking to the seller and making that Skype appointment. It's especially difficult over time zones. But certainly when you're looking at a couple thousand dollars, then it becomes important. Uh, Some of the questions you'll want to look into yourself. Sometimes you want to email them. We have a messaging system over Flippa. But the best way is really to get on a Skype call and ask them face-to-face. And that really helps you see, is is this person for real? Uh, Is there a hesitation there? Some people are slick and they'll fool you over Skype. It's not the kind of thing that you can that you can necessarily protect yourself against, but it's always a good idea to have that face-to-face chat with the person before and ask them all the questions you have. Yeah, I think what you're saying is it's better than just reading an entry on Flippa or text research, whereas kind of you talk to the real person, you get a much better impression on whether this guy is someone you want to do business with. Absolutely, and that goes for sellers as well. Every time a bid is placed, we ask the seller to validate that they want to accept that bid, and that helps protect sellers from runaway bidders 
who might bid way too much money and then realize they're not actually interested in selling in buying the site. So we recommend that sellers, before they accept a bid, look into the person. Is this somebody they want to do business with? Have a Skype call. Make sure that the person has the money, especially when you're looking at higher amounts. Do they have the resources to actually buy your site? And do they have the knowledge to run it? Oh, so you're saying people actually would just make random bids just to get a site off the market and then not pay and then the seller has wasted their time, right? Because Yeah, well, that's something we used to see uh, before we asked sellers to start validating every bid. And the message is, is really getting across to people that it's important. The same way that you would run due diligence on a website before buying it, you want to run due diligence on a person before selling the website. I see. So you were saying how the, if, do they want to accept the bid, you know, make sure the person actually has the money. Uh, do you guys put the buyer's money in an escrow first or how does that work? We partner with escrow.com, who's, they run an escrow service out of California. California. Uh, and they are very, very good at, at doing exactly that. They're the biggest name in escrow on, on the internet. Um, that's probably why they have escrow.com. And they've been doing it for a very long time. They were, they were the first of the game. I think they started in about 1997. So way before anybody else came along and did it. Uh, and the way that escrow works, just for anyone who's not familiar, is that the buyer will place the money in escrow. So it's a third party that holds the money. The seller will transfer over the website files and the domain ownership. The buyer has between three and I think 30 days um, generally, it can go much longer if the business warrants it, to look at the site. Is it everything that was promised? Have a look at the analytics if they haven't already. Have a look at all the financial records, the transactions coming through during that period. Does it all make sense? It all looks good? Great. They release the funds. If there's a problem with any part of the website, they return ownership to the seller. They get their money back. So it's really putting that money in a, in safe hands while the transaction takes place. There are fees associated with it. Um, there's obviously a lot of risk on escrow's part, and it, it takes a lot of staff and management to run that kind of a company. So they do have minimal fees, and some people feel that it's too much. Uh, personally, I think you can't place a dollar amount on that kind of safety and that kind of peace of mind. So I encourage everybody to use escrow for, for their transactions. Yeah, interesting. And so are, is the money placed in escrow as soon as you bid or as soon as you win the auction? So we don't actually do it automatically. It's up to the buyer and seller to do their transaction. So there's uh, there's no deposit or any kind of money until you win the auction. Once the auction is won, then the buyer and seller go in what we call a, a, a post-auction area. They talk and they figure out, or is this money going to go through PayPal, which does still happen generally for lower amounts. Are we going to do escrow? Okay, well, now it's up to the buyer to transfer the money over. Like if the seller can choose to accept bids, so as a buyer, you need to kind of have a profile online too, right? You need to make sure you're serious and not just some random bloke bidding on websites, right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Has there been any situations where say, you know, they agreed on the auction, but then they try to negotiate a new price after, or is it pretty much set in stone once uh, the auction is done? So as far as the on the Flipper platform, uh, the auction price is the price that the site will be sold for. That's what we base our success fee on. That's what we, because we, we attach a transaction amount to the buyer and seller's accounts. Uh, so that's the number that we assume the sale will be for. Now, sometimes it does happen that people decide to negotiate after the fact. 
this is discouraged. All negotiations should really, really be done before the auction ends. Uh, but it, it does happen. And in those cases, again, it's up to the buyer and seller. So we offer up a marketplace, uh, a safe space to run that kind of negotiation. And from, from the end of the auction on, it's really up to them. As you were saying before, if you're a buyer, you want to have that good profile. And that includes having, having good feedback and having a, a large transaction amount to see that you're an experienced buyer or, or you're on your way to become an experienced buyer. Anytime a transaction happens, that's off flipper. You don't get the advantage of feedback. You don't get the advantage of, um, of filing a dispute with us if something goes wrong and you lose out on that transaction amount showing up next in your profile. So it's, it's part of, of having a, a good profile on Flip, I guess, and having that good reputation so that both buyers and sellers will, will be confident. Gotcha. And so what does a typical timeline look like for buying a site? Are we looking at one month, two months, you know, half a year or to get everything, say, from auction completed to say, I actually get the website? under my rights? So the auctions on Flippa run for anywhere between three to 30 days. Generally, the bigger the website, the longer the auction is going to be. That's simply because you want to run very thorough due diligence on a bigger site. So if you're getting into the, the high five figures, maybe low six figures, you want to be very certain about your investment. So you're running checks, you're maybe getting accountants and lawyers involved, looking over their reports, um, drawing up contracts. That can take some time. So usually you want to do that within the 30 days following the auction. If you're looking at a mid-range site, you're probably looking at a two-week auction, and then it might take another seven days to get the transaction over, get all the funds transferred in out of escrow, and get the, the new owner set up with their website. And so you kind of just go back to your general questions. So you were saying, I think Flippa has around 14,000 sites, ballpark range. So 1,400 you know, 1400 right now. <laughs> so 1,400. 1, okay, so just to get an idea of like the turnover, like how fast are these sites being sold and added? kind of in like a general ball, ballpark range? Uh, that's a very good question. So we're usually looking at about 250 to 300 new listings a day. Listings will last anywhere between three and 30 days. So that's that's the kind of turnover we're really seeing. Now, if a site doesn't sell, and right now it's about 50% of the sites will sell during their first auction, and the rest will get relisted um, either until the buyer decides to keep the site, uh, sorry, the seller decides to keep the site or until uh, the site is eventually sold to a buyer. So 50% is pretty high number. I, I, I thought it would be something lower, but I don't know. I mean, I've never bought a site, but I'm just curious on those numbers. Yeah, so the way we track it is uh, as long as an auction is over and the uh, neither the buyer or the seller files a dispute with us, so nobody lets us know that the transaction hasn't actually gone through, then that counts as a sold website's uh, as a sold website to us and that's usually that's pretty pretty accurate. Gotcha. And do you find there's some buyers that say they buy a site and they just flip it again on Flippa? Or? Uh, so well that's that's kind of where the name came from yeah. uh, but it <laughs> It turns out that's actually quite low numbers. Uh, it used to be higher when we were a smaller marketplace. Now we're really seeing that people are buying the website and, and holding onto it for a while um, and building it into a higher revenue maker or, or bringing in revenue for the first time, depending on the site. So generally, we look at about 5% of the listings are being flipped, uh, which is which is a quite low number. Yeah, because you guys will see the domain get sold and it comes back to you guys mm -hmm. from the other side, right? So. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it's probably safe to say that five years ago, maybe like, you know, like stuff like Google was easier to game and oh, yeah. kind of just flipping these sites with traffic <laughs> was a lot easier, right? And now you can't really do that anymore, or at least it's a lot harder, so. Oh, absolutely. So my focus right now is on the Flippa blog and that involves a lot of talking to our users and seeing what topics interest them and what can I write about. And the number one thing that people want 
want to know about is, is SEO and in general, what's Google up to and how they can buy sites that are going to rank in the future and how can they, they have their current sites rank even higher. Uh, and Matt Cutts, who is the spam chief over at Google, and, and generally he's sort of the man in charge of what gets ranked where in the search results. Uh, and and any time we mention him, it comes with a lot of anger and people are very sort of, oh, not Matt Cutts. Uh, who's a very, very smart guy and, you know, I have to say does his job very well but upsets a lot of people in the meantime. Yeah, no, like every time he tweets something or he posts a video, everyone like reads between the lines or they try to and it gets blown out of proportion. (laughs) (laughs) It really does. He might say, you know, you might be quite ambiguous or say, well, this may or may not affect your rank or, you know, we've considered adding this as a ranking factor and right away you'll get it on on all the marketing sites, uh, all the search engine marketing sites. Matt Cutt says that this becomes a ranking factor and how does it affect your sites? Um, Honestly, it's looking at what Google's done in the past. Their goal really seems to be bringing the most relevant information to their audience with the fewest clicks. And if that's what your site is offering in the long run, um, then great, especially if it's a niche site. It's becoming easier to rank those niche sites uh, as search volumes increase and relevancy uh, gets more and more narrow. Yeah, it's like whenever he says something, there's like a pro can that's, oh, Matt Cutts says this, so we should do that. And then there's another guy that says, oh, he's just, you know, throwing out a bunch of crap. And, you know, he's 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 bluffing. Yeah, he's bluffing. (laughs) This kind of ties into like the link profile of a site, right? Because if you have all these spammy links and then it gets hit by Google, and you're buying the site just as it's about to get hit. Obviously, there's like a big risk there. So, I mean, are you able to check the link profiles for sites that are being sold on Flippa or is that? Yep. So that's something that's definitely worth doing, checking the the backlink profile. Uh, Another thing is keeping track of of the different updates. Uh, Was it a couple months ago, there was the exact match domain penalty where if you had a low quality site that was running on an exact match domain, uh, the site would no longer get the benefit of the ranking factor of that, uh, that exact match. And that affected a lot of people. And I'd have to say really, really niche sites were hit the hardest with that. Um, But soon after we saw a lot of those sites being sold on Flippa. So that's also part of my job is making sure that people are educated about what's happening out there. So we we publish a post every single day on the Flippa blog. And a lot of the time, these posts are about things like SEO and ranking factors and, um, and industry news. If PayPal increases uh, their fees, for example, that's something that people who are running e-commerce sites will want to know. And that's something that's going to become important as soon as you're evaluating websites. So I guess there's also an element where some people may just dump sites that maybe aren't as profitable anymore and kind of they just don't want it in the portfolio too, right, I guess? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course that happens. Uh, it's, it's up to buyer research. As much as we validate the claims of the seller, there's always that external, there's always external factors. So you're looking at a market perspective in whole. Again, it's very similar to, uh, to buying and selling stocks. You don't want to just say, oh, well, this one's, you know, this one's going up and I'll, it looks good, I'll buy it. Uh, you want to be keeping up with the news and, and the financial markets and what's really going to affect uh, your portfolio in the coming months and years. Yeah, definitely. It seems that it's, it's not just like, hey, I buy a site and then suddenly, it, you know, it, it works. Oh, so. it's never, it's never I buy anything. It's never uh, when you're buying real estate or, or anything. <laughs> you always want that market perspective. Yeah, which is interesting because you look at like buying sites, it's really like just digital real estate with the internet being around only for like what like 30 years and it's already changed so much like it makes you wonder like you know 100 down 100 years down the road will these domains be worth like millions yeah so we're launching something uh tomorrow actually i don't know when this podcast is going to air so it'll probably be live
have by then. Um, so we're launching app sales on Flippa. Uh, that's something that other companies have been doing for a little while, but the time is right for us now because Google, uh, sorry, Apple, the other giant, <laughs> Apple recently changed the rules as to transferring apps from one owner to another. It used to be that you could only transfer uh, the code itself. You couldn't transfer the developer profile without transferring the entire thing. So when you bought an app from somebody else, and by that I mean by the ownership of the app, you would lose out on the reviews, you would lose out on the previous customers, you couldn't send out updates. So you couldn't update the app and reach those previous customers. So it was very difficult to buy and sell iOS apps. That has become much easier in the last few months. So we're launching app sites, uh, app sales. As far as the future goes, you know, for a while it was buying uh, one word domains and one word dot coms. Now it's buying profitable websites. And we see for the future that it will be buying apps. We're starting with iOS. Down the line, we're probably going to be adding Android apps. Yeah, it makes sense because a lot of the marketplace was just a developer going all in on his app, right? And Absolutely. It makes you wonder if they could just add podcasts later and I could just sell this thing, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, you know, but but you do you do have a website. So if you wanted to sell buildmyonlinestore.com, uh, we can talk. We can talk after the show. Yeah, and it's a pretty generic domain name too. So yeah, maybe down the road, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> there you go. But see, you have you have all the assets there. So you have the listeners, and you have that great content from from starting your podcast and and having all those interviews. Um, those are things that make a website really valuable. Well, good to hear. <laughs> I'll definitely you know <laughs> knock on wood. Uh, keep this in mind. There's a. There's your retirement plan, Terry. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> All right, so let's just uh, wrap things up then. Is there anything I missed or you feel we should add, you know, for a buyer that's looking to buy a website uh, on Flippa? I know we went over some kind of valuation multiples, uh, basic due diligence and some credibility checks and also how escrow works. Is there anything you think we should add? Yeah, so I mentioned a few times that uh, right now I'm, I'm running the Flippa blog and writing a post every day or getting experts in the field to write a post every day, um, that's a really good place to learn about the industry. And we write about making money on the internet in, in a non-scammy way. There's a lot of people out there that are giving, uh, giving let's say, not the, not the best long-term advice. Uh, we're really focusing on providing quality. And so if people are interested in buying a site eventually or starting their own site down the line, whether it's e-commerce or ad-driven or affiliate, uh, I, yeah, I recommend coming over to flippa.com slash blog and uh, following what we write on there every single day. Awesome. And we want to connect with you. I know you're on Twitter, but I'm going to butcher your handle. So do you want to tell us? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm sure you'll have it up on the site, but it's Ophelie Le Chat. Uh, and you can also find me. I, I run the uh, the Flippa Twitter account. So just at Flippa. Awesome. All right, Ophelie, thanks so much. And we'll keep in touch. Yeah, my pleasure. Anytime. Anytime.